Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast. I am your host, Adam Castor, here with my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how you doing? What's up, Adam? How the heck are we? Doing pretty well. You know, we're recording on a Friday. And uh, honestly, it's pretty terrible outside, so there's nothing better to do than talk about sports with uh, one of my good friends and stay inside and be shielded from the rain. This is very true. Or have are you um, are you prepared for our fantasy baseball draft tonight? No, no, neither I'm am not. I. <laughs> and I still don't know why we're having it. Because Major League Baseball has said that we could be playing baseball in mid June, and if that's the case, I would much rather have this draft done and dusted, so that way when quarantine is lifted in hopefully a month. Maybe wishful thinking, possibly, but maybe when this is lifted, everyone is not going to be home or willing to do a, a baseball draft. So I figure let's get it done now. And then in a month when baseball hopefully starts up and we're out of our homes again and we're able to responsibly live our lives, we don't have to worry about a draft. I mean, it's not a bad idea, but I'm pretty sure that I'm going to forget who's on my team by the time that uh, the actual start date of the season rolls around. Oh, me too. Me too. That that's that's a definite guarantee. But I'll figure it out then. I'll worry I'll worry about it then. But matter is that we have a full attendance tonight for our uh, for our draft and then we can figure it out from uh from there. But that's tonight. This is now Basement Talk Podcast. Let's do it. We got a we have a loaded show today. Yes, we do. I'm actually very happy. Speaking of baseball, I'm really happy that Noah Syndergaard got his operation before everything's like, well, not like right before, but it was pretty, it was like the week of uh, March 15th or something like that, that he got his uh, Tommy John surgery. And I am ecstatic that he was able to do that before uh, everything went to shit. Yeah. Same with, uh, same with Luis Severino. Yeah. Luis Severino had his Tommy John surgery too, and, and I mean, it was. Uh, I was talking to someone about this. I said, you know, not for nothing, but if this, if there was ever a time, you know, not that you know you ever want to have Tommy John surgery or any kind of surgery for that matter, but you know, if you need surgery, this is kind of the time to do it. Yep, it's true. It's true. So, this is, you're basically forced to stay at home, just like everybody else. Exactly. You're able to do what you got to do. So the first bit of news and notes is just like a small thing. Uh, The Jaguars added a new backup quarterback, and his name is Mike Glennon. You may know him from being terrible in Chicago and Arizona, and then being good early in his career, actually, in Tampa Bay that caused him to get big contracts in Chicago and Arizona. But now he's kind of like bounced around the league and he's uh, he landed in Jacksonville with the uh, Jaguars. Adam, that's very offensive. Very, very offensive. Which part of the, what part of that was offensive? To say that he was terrible. This is a great man, Mike Glennon. This is a, this is a great guy. I'm sure he's a great person, but he just wasn't that great of a quarterback. I mean, he made a ton of money. For being bang average. So you know what? Good for him. I wish someone would I wish someone would pay me that money to be bang average. I'd be the most bang average person in the world if that were the case. But I would have fifty something million reasons to be bang average. Well, I'll tell you this. There is no hall of bang average. No, there is not. But there are fifty million reasons to be bang average, and you know what? Gold jacket or 50 million reasons to be bang average, they kind of level themselves out at the end of the day. I guess so. I guess you don't really have the priorities to be a Hall of Famer. One looks pretty sitting in the bank. The other collects dust in the closet. Hmm. 
Yeah, but you still get to say you're a Hall of Famer. You still get of to course, of, of you, course. I'm not I'm not degrading the whole Hall of Fame thing, but you know, Mike Glennon has made a ton of money being bang average. So I think we have to give him a, a little round of applause for for that little uh, golf clap, golf clap, golf clap, golf clap. Yeah, I mean, in case you can't tell, listeners, that Bird is being facetious about when he's saying that making fifty million dollars is more is uh, more valuable than getting into the hall of fame to some to some but uh, not yeah. to me I'd, ra- I'd rather be a hall of famer but because odds are if you're in a hall of fame you have the money to go with it but at the very least if you're not a hall of famer you have the money to go with it like joe burrow can be the worst quarterback that we've ever seen he could be jamarcus russell level terrible and he's still set for life Yep, that's sports. So, that's sports. Yes, this this is this is true. Granted, I don't think Joe Burrow's gonna be Jamarcus Russell terrible. Joe Burrow is a wonderful gentleman, and I really, I if, if I'm not rooting for the Dallas Cowboys, I might root for the Cincinnati Cincinnati Bengals just because Joe is Joe's a very lovely, lovely gentleman. But at the very at the very at the very least. You know that Joe Burrow is going to be set for life, and he is going to be a very, 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 very rich boy. The sad part about that is that you had to outright say that you still like Joe Burrow. Of course, instead I do. of having I... it be implied. Of course, I do. I love Joe Burrow. He's a no. Great I'm guy. saying you're when you did a hypothetical, like the word you had to qualify it saying I do I I do like him. I'm just saying if this happens. Like that's just that's just sad. Like you gotta assume that some degree of intelligence from the people listening to this podcast. Well, we have very smart listeners, but there are there are a few that you know could have taken that the wrong way. So I just needed to make sure that that was abundantly clear before uh, before I get some text messages uh, tonight as I'm slowly building my dynasty fantasy team as to why. Why I've said that Joe Burrow could be uh, could be a bust. Joe Burrow is not going to be a bust. Let's put that out there and let's close that book. He is not going to be a bust. Yep. Well, it isn't until proven guilty in this scenario. In this scenario, yes. <laughs> so the next thing we're really going to be talking about here is Bird kind of alluded to it when we were talking about our fantasy baseball draft. But baseball has kind of outlined a plan for coming back and starting their season, starting spring training again. And I think as long as, you know, there aren't any fans in the stands, baseball and probably golf are some of the sports that are the easiest to come back. I'm My dad is literally like next week, he's going to be playing golf at Harbor Links, which is the golf course that he goes to in Port Washington. Because the golf courses on Long Island are open. You know, as long as you're staying six feet away and there's no, and like he's not going to be using a golf cart or anything. But yeah, as far as sports and returning to normalcy is concerned, sports that where you're already spread apart from people by, by its very nature, like golf, like baseball, like tennis, uh, it's going to be a lot easier for those uh competitions in those leagues to come back and it's going to take a long time for basketball hockey and football to come back by comparison because of all the contact and how close you are to people all the time i mean can you imagine how many viruses somebody could catch if they're being posted up by like lebron or somebody like that like if lebron somehow has a cold and he's playing like you're getting that cold if you if you decide to post him up that day like that's it. That's just what's going on. Well, part of the part of the conditions that have been included in what Major League Baseball is trying to do, and I assume that uh, the National Hockey League and the National Basketball Association are probably going to be somewhat on the same wavelength here that Major League Baseball is on. Is basically they're stockpiling coronavirus tests just in case they need them. They're going to be monitoring everyone's temperatures, everyone's underlying health conditions, if there are some. Um, basically, where, where they're at is they're going to be taking temperatures of 
everyone that's in and around the team every single day where they're going to be they're going to be monitoring every single little thing about you and i believe the number that they said was if anyone has a temperature above 99.1 they're not allowed to enter the facility whatsoever they'll be sent home on the spot and that'll be that'll be that so they're being strict about it they're trying to protect their players they're trying to protect the staff they're trying to protect everybody you know that is uh that's going to be involved with sports resuming and if it's if it is going to happen which we all want it to it has to be done in the right way and i think that major league baseball is taking a step towards that direction i again i have my reservations and concerns about baseball you know really starting up but we've i think we've really just uh you know beat that dead horse uh a few too many times already in terms of you know spikes and potential rebounds of the virus you know you can go back and listen to any other podcast where we've talked about this virus we've just hammered it in that point too many times where you know the underlying concerns are that what if this does come back and what happens to the leagues and it, it, it it's a delicate situation for sure and I mean I, while I am happy that sports are going to be resuming um, as we are going to be talking about one in just uh, 30 seconds time um, I I definitely have my concerns about the overall safety of those that are involved in terms of getting these sports back up and running because you don't know what can happen in two three four weeks time right exactly so like Brett was alluding to the german soccer league the bundesliga as it is called is resuming play and how exciting i mean this is great i mean this is going to be besides the nfl draft for people you know around the world this is going to be like one of the first instances of live sports since the world was uh, grinded to a halt and it's great I love it. I mean, I don't think there are going to be fans in the stands uh, for these Bundesliga games. I I can't say for sure. Yeah, I'm not sure either because I, I've been trying to look for that information and it hasn't – that wasn't very clear to me. I would assume no, but I, I haven't seen anything that has said yes or no. But uh, Germany has been doing a really good job with uh, containing COVID-19. So I think that this is a logical step for for the country. And, you know, a logical step for a lot of the fans and a lot of the, the clubs that do make a lot of money, not just off of the uh, huge TV deals, but of uh, gate receipts. But, I mean, gate receipts are kind of irrelevant now if they're not going to have fans in the stands. But the Bundesliga clubs make a lot of money off of uh, TV deals of their TV deal. And uh, Adam, Adam, yes. I can't, I can't, I can confirm that uh, fans are not allowed in. So it'll be played behind closed doors. Well, hopefully they also prevent people from trying to gather around the, the arena, like watching games on like the TV screens. Yeah. Because I think uh, they had that in Paris in March when uh, fans kind of huddled around the Parc de Prince watching a, a PSG right. champion, the PSG Dortmund game in the Champions League. In the so Champions League, that's right. Hopefully they'll be able to do that. But honestly, I I don't want to assume anything, but I assume that people are going to be smart enough to not do that when you can just watch the game at home on TV. Like, really? Come on. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I'm I'm just happy that we're gonna have some form of some form of uh, live sports back. We have uh, the the big game of the weekend next week too. We have a, a really good one between uh, Borussia Dortmund and uh, and Schalke. So that's gonna be a really 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 uh, a good match of the two teams from uh, from Gelsenkirchen in uh, in Germany. So that's a uh, that's a derby game too. So that's gonna sure be- is definitely something to uh to watch but again you know going back to what adam just said he makes a very good point when he says you know especially for these derby games you know you 
you have to worry about, you know, crowd control and people showing up. Um, that definitely is a, a massive, massive concern in terms of, you know, trying to get the sports once again going, especially, you know, football in, in, in Germany. You know, like you said, Adam, the German government has done a really, really good job of containing the virus and their numbers in terms of, you know, the rest of Europe. They're they're pretty low, I, I, I believe, in terms of in comparison to the rest of Europe. Their numbers are pretty low uh, in terms of uh, cases and things like that. So they've done a very good job. But now that you're bringing sport back into the fold, you know, how are people going to react to that? And will people continue to do what they've been doing all along since the outbreak of the virus, which is staying away, staying inside, social distancing, self-isolating and not letting the occasion of this being a derby match get to them and make them break what they've been working so hard for the last two months or so, which is staying indoors, staying away from other people, and letting this virus do what it needs to do and then eventually over time goes away. So we can only hope that that is the case, but I'm just very happy that we're going to have live sports back on uh I believe it's Saturday is when um, the Bundesliga will, will restart again. And I am uh, I'm very, very, very excited. Yeah, I think the Bundesliga is going to experience some pretty, like, steady, like, some could say record-setting TV numbers because they're, it's just so desperate. It's like you're, you're in the desert, you're thirsty, and somebody gives you a bottle of water and you gulp it down in about five seconds. It's basically like that. I believe you said that uh, the NFL draft was the uh, was the sport oasis. That is that the uh, is that what you alluded to or made the comparison up there, uh, Mister Caster? That is true. I said the NFL draft was the oasis that in the desert, uh, in the barren desert of the modern sports landscape. There you go. I think I think we we we've found another oasis. Put that on a T-shirt. <laughs> I we we I might have to brand that. We can uh, we can uh, do our first merch launch of can I tra- talk. Can I trademark that? I think you can. I think you can. I'll 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 talk to my, to our podcast attorney. Yeah. And while while we're at it too, I guess we could talk about the uh, the Premier League too because they have had uh, discussions. They actually set to vote on a uh, on a preliminary return date on Monday. The Chiefs of all the uh, the Premier League clubs. And basically some of the things that they have discussed is they've been discussing um, using five substitutions in, a game, in matches, allowing five substitutions because it's going to be a very cramped schedule. So I'm talking at least three matches a week in some circumstances. Um, getting rid of VAR altogether, which I am all for getting rid of that for the, uh, for the rest of the season. All for it. Love it. That would be absolutely fantastic. Let's get rid of it altogether. So... I, I just think that there is a light here for sports to come back and resume play, but it needs to be done in a safe and appropriate way. And if we can get to that, then we can be in quarantine and be happy knowing that we have our, our sports back without fans, though. I, I just don't see a situation where, you know, you're going to have fans in arenas for the better part of the next I would say we're lucky if we have fans in arenas by 2021. Yeah, honestly, we'd be, I think that probably we're the soonest we're going to have fans in arenas is probably going to be like NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs in 2021. I mean, the NF, the NFL would be, it would be bold for them to. Uh, Can you imagine to do a, it? The Super Bowl with no people in it, with no people in the in the, in the uh, stands. That would be a sight for sore eyes. Like, oh, this is Super Bowl fifty. What, what are we up to? Fifty five. Fifty five. Yeah. <laughs> this is Super Bowl fifty five. There was no iconic kickoff shot with all the with all the cameras, because there was nobody allowed in the stands. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even. I don't even want to think about it. If there was no one at it, yeah, it's good. What are like Joe Buck and Troy Aikman gonna have to sit 
on opposite sides, like all the way on opposite walls of the commentator booth. Like, what's going to happen? That's just something I don't even want to think about, Adam. <laughs> I understand. That scares the shit out of me, even, even thinking about it. I mean, that'd be real dystopia if that was if that was going to happen. Oh, God. Yeah. You ain't kidding. All right. So the last thing we're going to really be talking about here is something that happened. It actually it materialized pretty quick over over the course of a couple of days. The uh, Washington Capitals, former Washington Capitals forward, Brandon Leipzig, who actually got waived today, which is why he is now former. But when he was a member of the Washington Capitals only a few days ago, some messages in his uh, in a group chat with I think his brother and some teammates where they made disparaging comments about people's uh, wives, girlfriends. I think there was some like slight racism there as well. And honestly, it's ridiculous. Not that he got caught. He should get caught for that sort of thing. But it's ridiculous that this stuff, this kind of stuff is still happening in a, in the, in the time that we live in. It's, it's almost, it's almost like playground stuff. It's like, we're still in fourth grade. I mean, the, the racism stuff that that's, that's a whole nother ball game, but making fun of someone's wife. It's like, you're making fun of somebody's, somebody's girlfriend. You're still, still in middle school. Like, and not for nothing. It was also his former teammate's wife too, Tanner Pearson, when they were, uh, with they when they were playing with each other in in Vancouver. I mean, how fucking stupid can you be? How fucking stupid can you be? And then of course there's the whole um, controversy right now with uh, NASCAR uh, Sprint Cup driver uh, Kyle Larson when he um, when he used a uh, a racial slur on uh, on Twitch. Um, that was just completely stupid on so many levels. But you know, it, it it amazes me. It really, really does. How we're all in, we're all stuck inside. We're all stuck in a pandemic and and the whole bit. And like, people find more ways to to amaze me with their overall stupidity by the day. It it it. It is amazing to me. It is absolutely amazing to me. And as far as I'm concerned, Kyle Larson no longer has a job with a NASCAR team. Good. And Brandon Leipzig was placed on on waivers, and he will be playing in God knows where, probably the American Hockey League, which honestly, which honestly, we don't even know if that uh, if that even has a uh, a future. The AHL right now, so. Um, Good riddance, I guess. Yeah, honestly, there is definitely a line with, I think, if you talk to a bunch of hockey players, there's like a line with chirping. Oh, of course there is. And the line usually is like, like, you can make fun of me all you want. You can make fun of how terrible I am at hockey, allegedly. You can make fun of, like, if, if my nose is big or something or my teeth, or I'm lo- or I've lost like a tooth or something. But you just can't. Don't make fun of like my significant, like my mom or my wife, or just don't, just don't make fun of like relatives or significant others or kids because really they can't defend themselves. Not like like the like you don't know them. Like you shouldn't really you shouldn't make fun of somebody that you that you've never met personally. I think that's just like common sense. That's just, you know, how to be a decent human being one-on-one. But, um, you know, it's one thing, you know, if you say something in the heat of competition, you know, you're on the ice and, and, you know, a little skirmish breaks out. That's one thing. But you're not on the ice. You're on Instagram or you're on Twitter or whatever. And that just comes off as being an asshole. And, 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 like... I don't know. I don't know. I, I I really would think that, you know, the fact that we're in a pandemic right now would, you know, hide the fact that some, if not most people, are uh, assholes under the shell. But I guess not. So, 
Um, like we like we said, Adam, I think that that's probably uh, he probably got what he deserved. Yeah. The good thing is I haven't seen anybody defend trying to defend this, which is which is great. Because this is completely ridiculous, indef- indefensible. It is. It it is completely indefensible. Um, I mean, if you want to talk about something a bit more uh, positive. We can talk about, um, as we're on the topic of hockey, and we never talk about hockey on this podcast, so I am very, very happy that we are talking some hockey right now. So Even on the main show? Even on the main show, we don't really talk about hockey that much, so I'm very excited that we're talking hockey right now. Um, did you see the uh, the new proposed uh, playoff format that the uh, the NHL is, uh, is trying to go for when they can resume play? Does it... Will the Rangers make it? <laughs> the Rangers will make it. The Rangers will make it as a number 10 seed. So let's see. So 10 out of 12 because it's a 24-team It's a 24-team It's a 24-team playoff, playoff, right, where there would be a bunch of playoff play-in games where it would be a best of three, and then those teams would go and play in the main playoffs where the Rangers would be in and they'd be playing in a in a playoff playoff. So who there how would that work? Would it be like 10 versus 9? I where's the cutoff? I have no idea. See that have, that would be I have absolutely no idea. But I think I think it's going to be cool. I wonder where they would actually do it if they were going to do it. There was talk that they were trying to do it um they were they were talking to the governor of New Hampshire that they were uh, planning on doing it potentially in the state of New Hampshire. They're basically trying to do it in places that are just in the middle of the middle of nowhere where they're not really going into um, big time cities where they can potentially catch the virus and spread it uh, elsewhere, which is which is very fair. So I would think places like New Hampshire, Vermont, Maine, maybe like Rhode Island, maybe 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 Connecticut. Um, I doubt I know, it. I, I know Connecticut is like a pretty big. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's that. That's why I said a big emphasis on maybe. Um, but well, the, the good thing is they don't need, it's not like they need like a big arena for this. No, no, they because don't. nobody's going to be there besides the players and the coaches. Right. That's you, basically mean, what they're going at. They can play in an ECA in ECHL level stadium if they, if yeah. they so desire. Yeah, they could they could even do it up in Canada. They can they can potentially do it in uh, some of the uh, the lower scale. Uh, maybe they can play in like the Ontario Junior Hockey League uh, arenas that are up Saskatchewan. in uh, in Canada. Yeah, exactly. So I don't think that any of that is uh, is is out of the question at all. I think maybe I don't know if they would be looking at you know a place like Toronto or uh, or Montreal, but maybe you look at a place like Ottawa. You look at a place like maybe Calgary. You look at a place maybe. Like Edmonton, or even even like some places that are that are small at a smaller scale, where you can have those empty arenas that aren't as huge, where you're not relying on, um, you know, there to be an eighteen thousand seat capacity. You know, if you're playing in a in an arena where you know you're playing in front of maybe where there's ten thousand seats, let's say, but it's enough where you can you you can support. You know, you have full locker rooms. You have uh, enough for media bridges and 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 things like that. Then, then it it could be it could be doable. So, um, I'm I'm the Rangers. The Rangers make the playoffs. That'd be exciting. I I would just want a three game series with the Islanders. That'd be awesome. That'd be great. Yep. So we can kick well, kick their teeth in one more time. That would be great. And then we win the Artemi Panarin scores the game three winner in overtime. Oh, to an empty arena. <laughs> to an empty arena. See, that's going to be weird. If, like, cool stuff happens and then basically it's the equivalent of some guy making a half-court shot in an empty basketball gym at the JCC where it's just him yelling and then you just hear an echo. And it's just really depressing, but still. Yeah, we it's could good. see – and we could see uh, Jacob Truba lay out uh, Michael Del Cole one more time. Yep. I, I can't wait already. I'm already excited. And see Truba kick the shit out of J.G. Pajo. The good thing about this, 
speaking of the Rangers, I'm sure uh, Igor is uh, healed up from his car accident. So yeah, yeah, that was good. one. Of, that was that was one of the uh, the other things that I talked about uh, with uh, some people today. Was that the Rangers do make the playoffs? You have uh, Igor Shesterkin, who is the the Rangers' new phenom in goal to uh, to most likely who will replace Henrik Lundqvist as the uh, the heir to the goaltender throne in uh, in New York and in Madison Square Garden. He, of course, was involved in a car accident with teammate uh, Pavel Buchnevich before uh, before this whole pandemic started. So um, he's had time to heal up from that broken rib, and then of course Chris Kreider also who had that broken ankle. So yeah, he'll be ready to go if if these playoffs were to start tomorrow. So um, all these teams will be will be pretty healed up and they'll be well rested. I don't know how. Uh, how fit they'll be in terms of uh, game readiness, you know, in, t- in terms of, you know, they've been in quarantine this entire time and really they've been uh, responsible for their own training regiments and, and things like that. But I'm excited. I'm excited. It, 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 it just, fe- it just feels like, and I, and I hate being this guy, but it just feels like maybe, 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 maybe there's a light at the end of the tunnel here. Well, I appreciate your optimism. I think a lot of people will appreciate your optimism. In this, someone has to be optimistic. Yep. I guess. I guess though, there's a difference between optimistic and realistic. Because the realistic side of me says that we're still pretty entrenched in this, but the feeling of sports coming back will make this feel a little bit easier. Because now at night, I don't need to watch. Uh, reruns of shows that I've watched 500,000 times I can just you know I could sit down on my couch at 8 30 and I can say oh okay hockey's on click bam grab the yep. grab the uh grab the clicker and uh turn on hockey and enjoy enjoy my enjoy my evening right so the next thing we're going to be talking about here is uh something to do with football and the NFL schedule was released on Thursday, yesterday. Yes, 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 yes. So this is always a fun time because then you can you can see uh, where your divisional games at are, your uh, rivalry games, how many primetime games you're getting, how often do you have to play on fucking Thursday night, which is just awful. Whether uh, the Jets will make it on Sunday Night Football for the first time since the butt fumble. Probably still hasn't happened. And... Yeah, no, actually, no, it wasn't the butt fumble. It was another Jets-Patriots game. It was in 2011. It was the last time the Jets were on Sunday Night Football. But, uh, yeah, the schedule reveal is always an exciting time. I think even more exciting now because, as I've said, people are starved for anything sports-related. And the NFL seems like the only league that is really, like, doing things and is kind of scratching that itch for a lot of people. Okay. So bird. Well, actually, you know what? I'm gonna. I'll go first. I'll talk about the. I'll talk about the Jets schedule, because it's interesting, in the sense that the Jets are gonna be on the road a lot. I mean, last year the Jets had the shortest road schedule of any team, or I guess of any Jets team in franchise history, because really, it was uh, NFC East. They didn't have to, and they didn't have to go to Dallas. And um, always having playing the Giants during the regular season always is nice for the uh, mileage counter because it's just a big fat zero. (laughs) (laughs) Again, unless you want to count like walking five feet or walking like 100 feet to the other locker room. But I doubt it. (laughs) Although it was actually a home game this year. So whatever. Home game in air quotes. Home game in air quotes. But regardless of that, the Jets do have a pretty significant road schedule. Uh, the Jets have to go to Los Angeles twice. They're playing the Chargers in Week 6, and they're playing the Rams in Week 15. Going to Seattle as well, and that's a back-to-back with the Rams and the Seahawks. The Seahawks first and the Rams. Yes, yeah, so they'll be staying on the West Coast for uh, for that week before, uh, before the holidays. Uh, other notable road trips, going to Kansas City. And Indianapolis, and then, uh, yeah, 
those are really the only ones. I mean, the Jets are on Thursday Night Football playing against Denver at home. Sam Darnold actually does kind of well against the Broncos. Uh, I think two years ago, in 2018, he, like, torched the uh, Broncos at, a, at home as well. Robbie Anderson destroyed Chris Harris twice. Where's Robbie Anderson now? Touch- He's in Carolina. We have Denzel Wim- <laughs> He We have Denzel Mims. It's cool. Oh, so Denzel Mims is now going to destroy A.J. Boye. Yep. Ah. And then uh, Brashad. Well, Brashad Perryman can also do that. A Brashad Perryman is not putting moves on anybody. He's just going to catch a uh, 70-yard bomb. So he'll, he'll finish that. At his stat line will be three catches for 105 yards and a touchdown in a typical Brashad Perryman fashion. I mean, that's kind of what happened in the in the Denver game. Sam Donald just lobbed it to Robbie Anderson twice, and he caught it. It was the Dallas game where Robbie put moves where he basically put uh, Awuzie flat on his ass. I'm sorry, what game are we talking about? The uh, the Dallas game last year. What game? The game where the Jets beat the Cowboys. I don't recall that game. I, I, I really don't recall. I understand that you repressed it, but it, it definitely happened. I have to. Uh, I gotta look at my records. I, I, I'm unaware of that game ever happening. Yeah, no, I see it right here. Week six, twenty-four to twenty-two, win for the Dallas Cowboys. I get mu- or win against the Dallas Cowboys. I, I must have erased that from my mem- my memory. Sam Darnold threw for three hundred eight three hundred thirty-eight yards. Uh, Robbie Anderson caught one hundred twenty-five yards. Le'Veon Bell was terrible. He had he only had fifty yards on the ground, but uh, yeah, this this happened. Tell you what, moving swiftly away from uh, opening an old wound, uh, Adam, what are your expectations for when the Jets have to go to uh, to Kansas City? Oh God, Jets... <laughs> over over under the deficit between the Chiefs and the Jets being thirty points. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be 30. It's not going to be good. I think. <laughs> mm. What? Give us give us a prediction for that game. I'm not going to say I'm not going to say you're going to say the Jets are going to win. I just want to know how much do you think the Chiefs win by? I I think it's probably going to be 35 to 7. Is the score line. That sounds about right to me. <laughs> Maybe maybe I'll give the Jets uh, double digit points. Maybe I'll say the Jets have an early field goal, make it like they take the lead and make it three nothing. So everyone say, "Oh, the Jets are beating the Chiefs!" I mean, if if Sam Darnold is playing quarterback still, if he's not injured, then I think it's going to be a lot a lot better. But if for some reason we have to start David Fails or that. Um, developmental quarterback that I f- forgot the last the name of that we drafted, then it's probably not going to go all that well. What's your uh, based on the schedule? What's your uh, let's just go through the Jets uh, the Jets schedule. Uh, we can give some uh, some win loss uh, here. Uh, week one Jets versus Bills. I'm saying the Bills take that one. I think the Bills do take it also in Buffalo. It's going to be a close one now. It's gonna be a close one, yeah, but I think the uh, the bills the bills do take it. Okay, so own one. Uh 49ers and the Jets, 49ers. Yeah, probably 49ers. So that's 0 and 2. Uh Jets and Colts. Now this is an interesting one. I can kind of see the Jets getting a win here. So I'm gonna say I think the Jets squeak this out barely. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say one and two. Okay, Thursday and then Thursday night against Denver. I'm going to say the, the Broncos win that one, so one and three. I think the Bron- I think the Jets are going to win that one. Really interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jets and Cardinals. I I, I have the Cardinals winning that game. Mm, that's going to be tough. If the Jets corners can't stop DeAndre Hopkins, then it's basically over. Yeah, it's basically over. All right. So then at that point, I have the Jets at one and four. Uh, Jets and the Chargers. I'm going to say the Jets win that one, too. I think the Jets win that. They definitely do. Okay. I mean, it's it's a ro- – well, 
the good thing is it's a it's a a long trip but it's a four it's a four o'clock game so they have a little bit of time yeah I'm, i'll say i'll say the jets win that one yep uh bills jets i'm gonna say the, the jets win that one too i agree all right so three and four uh jets chiefs no no chance in hell nope three and five Patriots, Jets. I'll say Jets the, I'll say the Jets win that one. Yeah, at home against Stidham or Brian Hoyer or whoever the hell the Patriots quarterback is at that point. Uh, I'll say I'll say the Jets win that one. Okay, so we're at four and five. Jets well, and the we're... Jets and the Dolphins. Well, I guess I'm at five and five then. Yeah, you're. At... That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I bet I'm at four and five. Jesus, this segment is just going so well. So well. <laughs> God, you're no, you're pro- you have to be at you have to be at five and four because you haven't the Jets haven't had their buy yeah. yet. Right. So I'm at five and four. All right. I'm at I'm at four and five. Okay. Uh, Jets and Dolphins. I'm gonna say the Dolphins win that one. Are you kidding? Yeah. In Miami. Oh, yeah. you are kidding. <laughs> In Miami. In Miami. I think the Jets sweep the sweep the Dolphins. Oof, no, not me, not me. I, I I'm giving the Jets the one uh, in the Meadowlands, so they're at five and six at that point. Uh, I rate, have them at I guess it would be six, six and five. So well, now seven and five because I think they're gonna. Well, if you sweep, sweep if you sweep the them, yes, yes, yeah. Um, and I had them at uh. No, you'd have them at seven and four. Seven and four, yes. Oh boy. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, seven and four. Raiders. Raiders and the Jets. I have the Jets winning that one. Yep. Eight so, and four. So I have I have it six and six. Uh, Jets. Seahawks. Seahawks win that one. Yep. Seahawks win that one. Six and seven for me. Jets. Rams. I have the Rams winning that one. That's gonna be a tough one. I mean, for I think. Hmm. I don't know. Are you I kidding? Th- the Ram, mm, the Rams aren't that great anymore. That's six and eight for me. I think. Well, I still think the Rams win, but it's close. It's really, okay. really close. All right. It's like a field goal, like a last second field goal. Uh, Browns, Jets. I had the Browns winning that one, so six and nine. Yeah, I think. Mm, I think I have the Browns winning that one. And then the Jets, Patriots. I had the Patriots winning that one, so six and ten. I have them at eight and eight. Okay, I think eight. I think eight and eight, with that extra playoff spot, the Jets could uh, the, Jets, the Jets could very easily uh, sneak into the playoffs. Actually, yeah, no, eight and eight. Okay. Or no, no, it's actually nine and seven because I have them beating the Raiders, and then beating um, New England. Okay, so yeah, the so. nine and se- nine and seven would get them into the playoffs. Nine but and seven. Would honestly, get them in. I think it's a pretty. I mean, knowing the Jets like I think I know the Jets, it's a pretty um, hard ask to get them to go 9-7, especially with this schedule. I mean, you look at all the teams that they're playing. They're playing the two teams that were in the Super Bowl. They're playing, let's see, one, two, three, four, uh, five, five teams that made the playoffs. Last year, so, I mean, what you're what you're basically asking of the Jets is they their their two game swing really relies on that back to back with the Dolphins. Yes, they lose they lose one or both of those games, then we got problems. But if they can win both those games, then then the Jets possibly have a shot. Right. Exactly. So it it's going to be tough. It's going to I mean this is they have I think that they have the second hardest second or third hardest strength of schedule in the entire NFL. Yes, while uh while the other team uh that is about to be discussed in this podcast has the third easiest schedule in the National Football League based on opposition's win percentage in the uh, 2019 season. Well, the Bengals really help you with that. Yeah, they do. And the Falcons as well. Oh God, it's so easy. That's ridiculous. You and you have to play. You get to play Washington. Washington twice. 
and the Giants. You literally, and the Giants twice. You literally get to play almost. Let's see, like two, like three out of the top five teams that picked in the draft. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's wonderful. It really is. And he's played Washington twice. It's ridiculous. Well, I mean, I'm just going, I'm going to go down this freaking schedule here. Cowboys, Rams, week one. I think the Rams win that one, so it's 0-1 right there. Cowboys, Falcons. I have the Cowboys winning that one at home, so 1-1. Go up to Seattle. I have the Seahawks winning that one, so 1-2. Browns, Cowboys, week four. I have the Cowboys winning that one, 2-2. Giants, Cowboys, week five. I have the Cowboys winning that one, uh to go to three and two Cardinals Cowboys on Monday night. I have the Cowboys winning that one. Uh, call me a little bit optimistic, but I think the Cowboys do win that game against the Cardinals. So I'm going to go four and two for the Cowboys. And then uh, going into the, the game against the Redskins Cowboys win that game as well. Five and two. Then Sunday night, they go and play the Eagles um, on November 1st. I'm going to s- lose that game. I'm going to say the Cowboys. Yeah. I'm going to say the Cowboys lose that game and go to five and three. Then they play the Steelers at home. I think the Cowboys win that game to get to 6-3, and three, and then they get their bye at a perfect time in Week 10, which I love. I think it's a great time to have a bye before you really gear up for the stretch run. Cowboys-Vikings. I have the Cowboys winning that game. Call me crazy, but the Vikings defense is not as good as it was. And I think if the Cowboys are really clicking on all cylinders at that point, I think the Cowboys can win that game. So 7-3 and three after the Vikings game at home versus the Redskins on Thanksgiving. Cowboys win that. They're 8-3. and three. In Baltimore Thursday night, I think the Cowboys do lose that game. I think the game is closer than people think. But that's 8-4 and four for the Cowboys. Cowboys come home. Or they go to Cincinnati, excuse me. That's 9-4 and four right there. Cowboys win that game. Call me crazy. I think the Cowboys beat the 49ers at home. I, I, I'm, I'm going to ride and die on that one. I'm going to say 10-4. and 10-4 for the Cowboys. They beat the 49ers in Dallas. And then you have the Eagles who come into, who come into town week 16. I think the Cowboys win that game at 11-4. They clinch the division. And then they rest their starters week 17. And the Giants beat them where the Cowboys go 11-5. There is a lot of room. I think it's going to be a case of the Cowboys are going to need to play all of their starters against the Giants because they will be fighting for a playoff berth with the for the division with the Eagles. You, you see, there, Mr. Caster, I just don't think that the Eagles are going to be in the conversation much because the Eagles have a very, very tough schedule. A very tough schedule. Rams week two, then they go to the 49ers in week four, then they ha- they host the Ravens in week six, then they have a quick turnaround after that for Thursday night against the Giants well, it at, is at home. home. It's at yeah. home, but it's four days rest after you're coming off of the Ravens, which you know that's going to be a football game. That is going to be a game where men are going at it. Then they have their bye after the Cowboys game. And then listen to this stretch run that the Eagles have. At home versus the Seahawks. That's a Monday nighter. Then at Green Bay. Then they host New Orleans. Then they go to Arizona. Then they go to Dallas before finishing up the season against Washington. If they can come out of that stretch, that five-game stretch there, with Three wins. They can go three and two. Maybe they can they can get one off of the Cardinals. Perhaps they can get one off of the Saints or the Seahawks. And then maybe they can get one off of the Cowboys. They can maybe steal one week 16. They need to get three wins here, I think, for that for week 17 to really matter if the Cowboys are going 11-5. The Eagles would have very, very little room to slip up and... We've talked about the health issues with Carson Wentz in the past. You don't know what his health status is going to be, and they are going to need him healthy for that stretch run. That is a daunting, daunting end of the season 
for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I think come week 17, I don't know if the Eagles are going to be in it for the division. I think they're going to be in it, but perhaps for a wild card. I don't know if the division is going to be in sight, though, for the Philadelphia Eagles at that point. Yeah, it just depends a lot on what the what the Cowboys do. Because, I mean, there were a lot of games that you picked. Or there were a couple games that you picked there that could go either way. There were definitely toss-ups. For sure. For sure. So, it, could, it could be... We all know the Cowboys. The Cowboys can go 12-4 and four just as easily as they can go 7-9. and nine. I was going to say the Cowboys can go 10-6 and six just as easily as they can go 6-10. and 10. Well, it's the same point. Yeah. But I can tell. I thing. can tell you though the uh, the one game that I am really looking forward to the most on uh, on my uh, radar here that is Week 13 in Miami. The Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow go into Hard Rock Stadium against, assuming, Tua Tagovailoa and the Miami Dolphins, where we have a Tua Burrow rematch. Yep, probably, probably Tua. I would assume so. I would assume it's going to be Tua. ESPN's predicting the the Chargers to go ten and six. Hmm. That's that is that is a they have a hard the Chargers have a pretty tough road schedule as well. Yeah, they do. They have to go to the East Coast a lot. Yeah, mainly Florida. I'm looking here's a schedule that I really like and I picked it out just be, just because I knew that the schedule was tough but there are so many awesome games on this schedule and that is the Kansas City Chiefs opening up against Deshaun Watson and the Texans on Thursday night then going to SoFi Stadium in LA playing the Chargers in week 2 they're going to open up uh, the Chargers uh, new stadium after, of course, the Dallas Cowboys open it up in week one versus the Rams. Very smart decision by the NFL, by the way, to uh, have the Cowboys be the team that opens up SoFi with the uh, with the Rams. Very, very, very smart call. Yep. So the uh, Rams can so the Cowboys can desecrate it um, by winning. Maybe Dak, maybe Dak can do to the Rams what Eli did to us when uh, we opened up uh, Jerry World. He can he can sign the visiting locker room wall. Well, hopefully it doesn't turn out like the first game in MetLife Stadium. That was a that was not fun. <laughs> Here's the game though that I'm really looking forward to. That is the Chiefs Ravens on Thursday night. That is going to be an unbelievable game. Actually, Bird, that's a Monday night game. Is that a Monday nighter? Yep. At eight, oh, at 8.15. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I apologize. Silly, silly, silly me. Yes, that is, that is a Monday nighter. Um, Chiefs-Bills is on Thursday night, and that is going to be an interesting game. Yes, that's the one that's a Thursday nighter. I apologize. I got, I got them mixed up in my, uh, my notes here. Yes, Chiefs-Bills is the Thursday nighter, and then uh, Chiefs-Ravens is the, is the Monday nighter. But Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, the reigning MVP versus the reigning Super Bowl MVP. Yes, please. Yes, please. And, of course, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen in the battle of who is going to throw the ball out of New Era Field. I'm looking forward to that one a whole hell of a lot. And then we have probably, I think out of all the games that I have earmarked on this schedule for the Chiefs, this is the one that I'm looking forward to the most. And that is when the Chiefs travel to Tampa Bay to take on Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know you're expecting me to say something to that, but I'm not going to. I'm not, okay, I'm not well, falling for it. Okay, then how about how about three weeks later when they have to go to the Superdome and play uh, and play the Saints? That's gonna be exciting. That's gonna be very exciting. I think both of those games are gonna be really, really exciting. I'm just looking up and down the schedule. There are some really good games uh, in store here. It would not shock me if that game against the Saints gets flexed to Sunday night. Me neither. It would it would not shock me one bit. Because that is going to be Breeze in his optimal throwing conditions in the Superdome and Patrick Mahomes 
Oh, oh, Maron. So, uh, how many light fixtures do you think Patrick Mahomes is going to knock out in the Superdome? <laughs> over, over, under six and a over half. Under. Over, over, under, under six and a half. <laughs> You're like, God damn it. I thought we fixed this in 2012. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, and then, of course, I, we talked about the Bucks. We talked about the Saints both playing the Chiefs. But now you're asking, well, when is Tom Brady and Drew Brees going to play? They play week one and week nine. So we open up the season with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints. Well, that's how yes. we closed last season. Yes, please. Yes, please. Uh, I'm very excited for next year, actually, when uh, Tom Brady, when the Buccaneers get to play New England. I'm very excited for that. Hell yeah! Which is why I think Tom Brady's not going to retire after this year because he wants to beat new. He wants to beat Bill Belichick next year. Now, now here's the question for you, Mister Caster: Who would you be rooting for in that game? Would you be rooting for Tom Brady or would you be rooting for Bill Belichick? I'd root for a tie. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically like what happens when the Dolphins and the Patriots play. I, I can't just get. Want... I... I can't get a straight answer out of you. I just want them to. I want no points to be scored. Just a nothing, nothing tie. Here, have, let's let's try a, a little exercise. You say something nice about Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, and I'll say something nice about Eli Manning and Tom Coughlin. Okay. You want me to go first? Or do you want to go first? I'll go first. Go ahead. Um. Tom Brady was really good when he played himself in Ted. The, uh, you know, you remember Ted? Of course, right? I remember Ted. Yes, I was yeah. wondering. I was wondering where the hell you were going. Okay, yeah. continue. And then Bill Belichick. He he was a pretty solid uh, assistant coach to Bill Parcells when he was with the Jets. Okay. And he also met my dad, and my dad said he was a nice person. So. Okay, so now I have to say something nice about Eli Manning and Tom Coughlin. Oh God, it was. I hate this. Game. I hate. E- I hate this game. It was a lot easier to say nice things about Bill Belichick than it was to uh, about Tom Brady. Clearly, because Bill Belichick, you kept it with football. Tom Brady, you didn't. Oh, God. Uh, I just want you to know, you came up with this game, so this is yeah. This, this game is entirely sucks. your fault. This game sucks. Uh, you tried to torture me with this, and you ended up playing yourself. Tom Coughlin was a wonderful head coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and Eli has a great older brother in Peyton. How about that? That's true. He does have a good older brother. How about that? And Tom Coughlin did do wonders with that Jacksonville team. He absolutely did. This is all factual information. So Giants fans are probably scre- are screaming through whatever listening device they're listening to this podcast on right now, and I will politely tell them to suck it. I'm surprised I didn't hear your brother yelling at you from across the house. <laughs> I um I might I might wake up tonight with uh with a napkin over my mouth. So if if that's if that's the case, this is this is my last podcast. Well, at least you're. Some of your last words on this podcast are going to be nice things you said about Tom Coughlin and Eli Manning. Oh, Jesus. Can I say they suck now? <laughs> uh, so I can, I, can, I can go to the grave in an appropriate fashion. Um, Fuck you, Eli. Fuck you, Tom Coughlin. <laughs> there we go. I feel better. I'll tell you what. I can say it would be a lot harder for me to say nice things about people who played for the Dolphins. Can you say a nice coach. thing about Dan Marino? Mm. His hair is nice. Oh, he went to well. He did go to Pitt. We, he's uh, he went to the same school as my sister, which is nice. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. He were, I could say two nice things. He was great in uh, Ace Ventura. His role in that was was incredible. There were, yeah, and that, and he went to uh, my sister's alma mater. So did Mike Ditka. Alma mater. Mike Ditka, Larry Fitzgerald. Wow. 
Yep. All went um, to pit. Before we uh, before we wrap this up and uh, and I'll, I'll and we'll say uh, tally ho and I will uh, see you later, Mister Caster, for our uh, our baseball draft. Uh, let's talk about this Thanksgiving slate: the yep. Texans and Lions, the Redskins and Cowboys, and the Ravens and Steelers. Just rate that on a scale of one to ten. I gave that I gave that a six point two. I think. I like the late game. If the Steelers are good this year, the late game is, is going to be great. That the saves it. That yeah. saves it for me. Yeah. Because I, I fully expect the Texans and Lions game is just going to be a snooze fest. Uh, the Cowboys-Redskins, that could be uh, that could be interesting just because it's, it's a divisional game. It's a classic rivalry. And you'll have Chase Young and CD Lamb going up against each other the two drop top draft picks for both respective franchises this year but with the Ravens and the Steelers it's Lamar Jackson again the reigning MVP going up against the resurgent Pittsburgh Steelers defense which proved to be one of the better up and coming units in the National Football League last year so hopefully Ben Roethlisberger is healthy as well which will definitely add more intrigue to that game but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a six point two for me because the Texans that Texans Lions game is just going to be so fucking terrible. Yep. You, you oh, know, the funny thing God. is, why I always wonder this: why do is it always Washington that gets to play Dallas on Thanksgiving? You never have, like I, I don't think I've ever seen the Eagles and the Cowboys play on Thanksgiving. Uh I think it's because the NBC. I think it's because NBC at least requires once a year to have a Cowboys-Eagles game on primetime on Sunday Night Football. Is so that true? Really? <laughs> no, it's not true. I have no idea. I'm, just like, ta- I'm talking sa- out of my ass. That sound that almost sounds believable. It does Consider- sound believable, hence, hence why cons- I'm saying it. Considering how much NBC loves having the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football, no matter how good or bad they are, yeah, the Cowboys are on primetime six times this year. It's like it's Notre Dame with how much they're on NBC. Well, Adam, we are America's team. Last I checked. Allegedly. It's the truth. Well, the Cowboys just... generate more viewers than any other sports team in America. I'm just saying, I think it's kind of it's kind of a dick move for the NFL to constantly schedule the one team whose name is based off of Native American heritage, to play on Thanksgiving and usually lose on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah, it won't be a pretty loss either. No. It never is. No, maybe maybe Amari Cooper will uh, do what he did two years ago and uh, just run wild on Thanksgiving, have two touchdowns against uh, against the Redskins. That'd be, that would be awesome. See, the Giants and Cowboys also never play on Thanksgiving. I'm surprised the Giants and Cowboys aren't playing week one. I usually enjoy starting my season with a casual ass-whooping of the New York Giants. The funny thing is, uh, I don't know if you saw the Giants' Twitter account. They posted, when you know the, the meme, the picture of Michael Jordan looking at his phone? Yes. So they over that picture they posted, when you see you're not playing the Cowboys week one? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure all Giants fans are just in mourning, knowing that they uh, they won't get their asses kicked in Jerry World Week One. Yeah, honestly, the weird thing is the Jets always seem to play the Patriots in Week Seventeen. This is true, and it could be a, it could be a meaningless game for uh, for both teams. Yep, hopefully it's the kind of game where the Jets can just rest their starters. From your mouth to God's ears. Yep. So they can play. So they uh, ma- go into their wild card matchup with the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> God. Good God. Which would never happen. Probably not. God, I... Th- yeah. Oh, my God. All right. Do you have uh, Do you have anything else you want to talk about with the, uh, with the schedule? Uh, no. Not, not really. Unless you uh, have anything else you want to say. I think we're good to go here. Uh, so, the the Panthers are playing the Raiders week one. Yep. Are they opening up 
uh, was it Allegiant Stadium? Yes, Allegiant Stadium. No, they are uh, they're in Carolina. Okay. And the Raiders open up week two against the Saints. Oh. Well, that's going to be not fun. Uh, what, how much do we think the Saints win by in that game? I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say the Raiders. I'm gonna say it's twenty-eight to thirteen. You don't think they're gonna? You think they're gonna miss an extra point, or they're just gonna score a touchdown and two field goals? I think they're gonna score a touchdown and two field goals. Okay. <laughs> just making sure. Just making sure. I know the, the Raiders f- kicking. I know the Raiders kicking situation isn't as great as it used to be, but the two field goals are the most important part here, Adam. Have to include yes. the two field goals because kickers and punters are people too. Yeah, and nobody knows that better than the Raiders. Of course, of course. Shane Leckler and Sp- and Sebastian Janikowski are two great gentlemen. I mean, for the longest time, they were the two best players on the Raiders. This is true, which is very sad. Honestly, that game between the Saints and Raiders, I think it's probably going to be something along the lines of like forty-two to fourteen. And I'm pretty sure that's it's it's either a Sunday nighter or it's a Monday nighter. I think it's a Monday. Oh my god! No, it can't be a Monday because the Saints are on. God, it is a. Please hold. Elevated music, elevated music. Do, 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 do. It's a Monday nighter. Okay. Yeah, it's a Monday. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Pod. I hope that didn't pick up, but I just hit my computer by accident. I'll start I'll start over again. <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast. You can find all episodes of the Basement Talk Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Be sure to listen and leave us a five-star review. Next time, we're going to be doing a Mount Rushmore based on sports jerseys because we love to talk about jerseys so much whenever teams unveil them. Hopefully, by this time, the the Rams would actually unveil their uniforms so we can talk about them, which would be a nice segue going into that segment. But regardless, we are still going to be doing that Mount Rushmore. For my co-host, Ed Birdsall, I'm Adam Castor, and we will talk to you next time on the Basement Talk Podcast. Bye-bye.